Thank you, son. Thank you, son. All right. Yes, I'm so excited to be here with you guys tonight speaking, which is awesome. And I just feel super excited to get to share what I have to share with you all tonight. Uh, we started last week our series on Relate, and I just let's just dive in, right? So tonight I get the privilege of sharing with you guys the heart attitude that we'll be looking at, which is clearing up relationships. This is pretty important. If you have relationships in your life and you spend time with people, then this is going to be helpful for you. But before I actually start with this, I wanted to give you all an alternative. Like you actually don't technically need to do this. It's kind of a life hack. So I want to show you all a picture of what you could be like if you didn't want this. So I think we have a picture up here. So for those of you that don't know, this episode is SpongeBob. He uh, sustains an injury outside, and then he decides that the only way to live life is indoors uh, with his friends, Penny, Chip, and used napkin. So if you want to live that way, then, I mean, like, work on homework right now. Do whatever you need. You don't need this. But for the rest of you that have relationships with family, friends right now, or you plan to in the future, then this should be beneficial for you guys. Like, you're going to have relationships with friends, families, like, teachers, students, so many people in your life that you relate to even on a daily basis, which is why this is such a crucial attitude to be able to grow in the knowledge of, to be able to clear things up when just life gets messy. And I love that Challenge is going over this right now, um, because here at Challenge, we really do value, I really value community and that aspect of really getting close, building that level of community, encouragement, um, just having friends to run and do life with. I love this verse, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Uh, it should be on your handout. It's just such a great way to look and see what relationships should be like. It says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This verse is pretty clear on what the Bible recommends that we live our lives like with relating to others. And a verse in Proverbs that I love too, it talks about um, even how to pick people to spend time with. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. And if you are a follower of Christ, that means you want to become like Christ in a great way to grow in your relationship with God is to put yourself around people that also want to grow um, just to become more like Christ. And so I really want to encourage you guys, like plug into a community like Challenge, um, walk with people that are wise, just such a great life hack, honestly. And because we value uh, relationships, they're so important. And because here at Challenge, we spend a lot of time together, which is amazing. These two factors, we will, you know, we spend a lot of time together and we value it. We will, you and me, uh, you and you, you and you, we are sinners. We are going to make mistakes. We're going to put ourselves first, our desires. That will happen. And when that inevitably does, we are going to need to know how to clear those up so that we can honor God and live with healthy relationships. So tonight, I wanted to share some vision on why it's important, some practical tips, some how-tos, and I really hope this is going to be beneficial. And uh, just for starters, for clearing up relationships, it's actually a two-way street, right? Maybe you um, sinned against someone, and you need to confess and ask for forgiveness. Maybe someone sinned against you, and maybe they don't even know it. It's still an opportunity for you to initiate that and to clear it up with them. So that's what I mean by clearing up relationships. It's both and. So uh, we'll get started in just a sec, but right now I just wanted to pray for a minute. 
God, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for uh, sending your son Jesus to live a perfect life on earth and um, to just bear, to carry the, the burden of our sins and to die a death on the cross for, for us out of love. And so we just thank you for that. We thank you for just your word, God, that we have access to it to help us through life. And God, we just are so grateful. I just pray for everyone here tonight. God, I know that we all have just our things, our stuff going on with life. And I pray that we would just leave all of those distractions at the door. God, no matter what we're struggling with, wrestling with, working on, uh, whatever it is that just occupies our, our minds, God, that you would just give us rest from that and help us to focus on what you may be asking us to, to hear, to, to apply tonight. So I just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's dive right into it. So the first section of the night is why should I? And the first point for why you should value clearing up relationships is that God forgave Matt for me, the sinner. I want you guys to put in your name. I mean, it's actually true. God did forgive Matt. But I would love for you guys to fill in your own name because this is crucial. Like that should be the foundation for why we forgive. Like this is a huge reality that we need to remember. Like we do not deserve what Jesus did on the cross for us and we could never earn that or make it up. I love 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 19. This is on your handout. It's just such a great verse. And it talks a lot about reconciliation. That means the restoring of relationships. It says this, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Right, this is a ministry that if you are a Christ follower, this is not just a suggestion. It's not just a thought that maybe we can uh, reconcile relationships, restore them. That this is a ministry, something that we were committed to, that we were given. And we need to keep reminding ourselves of this truth as often as we tend to think that, you know, maybe others don't deserve our forgiveness. I think this is just such a great thought and reminder to combat that. I love this story that uh, Jesus shares in Matthew 18. It's not on your handout, but I wanted to read it to you guys. And as I'm reading it, I want you guys to think about uh, how this applies to your life right now. It's very powerful. So this is Jesus speaking. It's a parable in Matthew 18, starting with verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. I think we can see some parallels right now with us and God, right? So moving on to verse 28, this part's good. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. So I just want to stop right there for a minute, because once we read that, especially after reading the first section, it sounds crazy, right? Like, why would he do that? But if you think about it, like a hundred silver coins, that could be, you know, that's a, that's a lot of money, especially if someone owes. Like, we don't know the backstory with those servants. 
Um, maybe that other servant stole that money or took it and just didn't repay, sinned against that servant. So I hope we can almost start to identify. And it's like maybe you wouldn't choke a friend if you, know, you gave them lunch money and they didn't pay you back the next day. But I hope you can understand like where this guy is coming from. It's not some random act. Like that guy owed him money and he just didn't give it back. Maybe he was sinning against that servant. Verse 29, moving forward. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. Sound familiar? But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is a pretty powerful story. And it's easy for us to look at that and see how crazy that servant was and how if you were in that guy's shoes, there's no way you would have you know, cared about the hundred coins. But I would disagree. I think we're in that guy's exact shoes. And that's exactly why Jesus shared this parable is because we need to remember the gravity of way more than 10,000 bags of gold that we were uh, mercifully paid for. So who is it in your life? Like, I want you guys to be thinking of that as we're going through with this message of maybe God is calling to you right now of someone that he's putting on your heart, someone that you might need to clear up a relationship with. Number two, the second reason why we should value clearing up relationships is purely out of a love for God, out of love for God. 1 John 4.19 puts it simply, we love because he first loved us. So out of a love for God. That verse is pretty clear, right? We love because he first loved us. He loved us more and first. That is just so powerful. Even when we don't deserve it, even when we sin against God, we are loved completely. In 1 John 3.16 on your handout says this, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We have the blessing right now of Jesus as the ultimate example for what love really looks like. He gave his perfect life for me and you to have the opportunity to have a relationship with God and spend eternity in heaven. We didn't deserve this, but it was out of a real love that Jesus came to live a perfect life and die on the cross for us. And I think that this is pretty clear, but love is not a fuzzy feeling. If we're waiting for that fuzzy feeling to love someone, especially when they sin against us, you're not going to get that fuzzy feeling, especially in that context. Love is an action. It's a way that we can show love to God by loving other people. Number three, God commands me to clear them up. God commands so we were actually commanded to love others, right? It's a commandment. And when you aren't clearing up a relationship, even if it's something small or even if, you know, it might be a little awkward and it's, they probably don't even know what happened, you're choosing to value maybe something comfortable or easy over what God has called you to. And James 4.17 speaks specifically to this. It says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. 
that is powerful. If it is on your heart, if God has put it there, then that's something you should probably do. So have you ever thought about ending a relationship that, you know, maybe it would be fine. It was just some, uh, maybe it would be fine if you ended it, you could go on, but maybe like someone hurt you and it's just really frustrating and you thought about it and you decided, you know, if I were to not talk to them anymore, I might have to be a little bit awkward at challenge afterwards or maybe at church I'd have to run in a different circle or not sit by them in class, but I could probably make it work. It wouldn't be that big a deal. That thought, which I think is pretty common, more than we'd like to admit, is actually leaving God out of the picture and leaving that verse out of the picture. So this is something we need to remember, that it's not just about comfort. It's about doing what God commanded us to do. John 15, 12 through 13 says this. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. To lay down one's life for one's friends. It's pretty hard to love someone completely, to lay down your life for them when you're not clearing up something, when you're harboring bitterness or when you're frustrated at them. It's pretty hard. I don't think it's possible to love someone completely when that's there. And obeying God is what that really leads to. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Right? Loving God leads to obeying God. It's pretty uh, simple there. And because we know that lo- uh, God loves us infinitely more than we could even comprehend, then we can know the truth that obeying God will lead to good in our lives. And this leads me to my fourth point here, which is to experience blessings in life the way God wants you to. To experience blessings in life the way God wants you to. Man, when you're experiencing Uh, God, and you're just obeying him in every area of your life, then we can experience real blessing. It's just such a good feeling. And maybe some of you guys have heard this verse before. It's just so impactful. Uh, It's the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It's such a great reminder of uh, just the fruit of the Spirit, like what God wants to do in and through your life, what God wants to produce. And that is the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we are not clearing things up, when we're not obeying God completely, then we don't get to experience these. Partial obedience is disobedience. Right? When you're younger and living at your parents' house and you're a kid and they tell you to go vacuum the house and you just do a room or two and you call it good, like that probably isn't going to go too well, right? Partial obedience, it, it just doesn't cut it. We don't get to play that game with God. We don't get to put ourselves on that level and say, okay, I know you have these commands that I'm supposed to obey and these blessings, and I'm going to pick and choose uh, three of each, and I'm going to line it up this way. That's not how it works. We don't get to pick that. And when we don't obey God in this area, not only are we missing out on blessings, but it can actually lead to real consequences for our sin. A couple of these that I thought of of just painful areas, uh, one is a disconnect from God. Like, as you are pushing yourself away from others and not clearing up relationships, that actually hurts your relationship with God. Another is um, just bitterness in your life. And one thing that's really powerful, which is really sad, is that it's not just that relationship. If you're dealing, I'm sure most of you know this, like, you should be, like, agreeing and thinking in your head of this experience that you've had that relates to this. When you have bitterness and hurt or tension in a relationship, it does not just affect that relationship. I know for me, when I have um, 
maybe a difficulty or when I cause a miscommunication and I get home and I'm tired and um, Ellie's there and she asks a question and I just, there's some type of miscommunication and it just kind of puts me off in a bad mood and if I am maybe frustrated and I choose not to clear it up and do what the Bible says, it doesn't just affect me in that moment that I'm um, experiencing that and getting frustrated and then I go to the other room and think, well, that was really tough. All right, well, now I'm going to work on this because it's two to three and I have some other things to get done. It, it does not work that way, guys. I'm sure you know this. It just leaves you feeling drained and it is rough. And so I just want to plead, like, these are why it's so valuable to clear those relationship, relationships up. So moving on to the next section, I'd love to share some more practical how-tos. Um, that way you can really make this real in your life. Um, hopefully after tonight, I can get you through with these tips and uh, more so God and the Bible can get you through um, up to those relationships and through those uh, clearing up conversations with those um, people that you might need to. So again, like feel free to be thinking about how this might apply to your life, but let's start by just some practical steps. And the first one is to pray. The first step is to pray here, right? This should be a given. We know that uh, we want to follow God. We know that God's desire for us is to live according to his will. And the Bible is clear about how we should relate to others. Sometimes when we ask for prayers, you know, it's like we ask, always ask if it's in God's will. And if you're asking for a new car or like a nice new car, that, you don't know if that's in God's will. It might be a no, it might be a not yet. But you can rest assured that if you're praying for wisdom, for, for boldness, for strength, to be able to clear up a relationship, that God will answer that prayer, that he will give you what you need to go through with that. These are just so important, especially wisdom and boldness, growing in those to be able to clear up those relationships and have those conversations especially. Wisdom allows you to discern uh, really what it might, uh, what you might need to clear up, what the wrong was, if it was um, worth clearing up in the first place and when and how to do so. And boldness will give you the ability to actually live that out, to actually make that conversation happen. Secondly, you need to, this is a big one, confess to God and or Forgive them in your heart, right? It's a two-way street. So if you uh, sin to someone else, then the first thing you'll do is confess that to God. And if it was the other person that had the offense, then you really need to forgive them in your heart. Before they ask for forgiveness, before you have a conversation with them, that forgiveness is so important. And I put a couple of verses that I think are just so valuable and speak to this. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Whenever I think of that verse, it feels just like a wave of peace. Like when I mess up, I don't have to wonder about how God is going to accept an apology. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's just so great. And Ephesians 4.32, in relating to others, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Right? It doesn't say forgive after they ask. It doesn't say once they beg. Chances are, if you wait to forgive until that conversation, you might honestly not be satisfied with it. Right? If you're waiting for them to say exactly what they need to say because of that thing that they hurt you with, like, there's a good chance that they might leave something out, you know, if they hurt you in different ways, and they only list seven out of eight ways, you might just be like, well, they didn't say that one. 
or maybe, you know, it's like, that's an option. Maybe they just, maybe their tone was a little off, you know, like they technically apologized, but it just wasn't the way that you wanted. There's just going to be things like that. If you're dependent on them to forgive, don't do that. (laughs) Forgive not based on them. Forgive based on God. Third, you need to initiate. Initiate. If you're waiting for a sign, if you have maybe, God put it on your heart, a person or just a group, maybe something that you need to clear up, and you're wondering if you should clear it up, but maybe it was their thing, and you're just kind of waiting on them, and now it's just awkward. Like, let this be your sign that you should initiate it. If it's on your heart, if God put it there, and you're spending time thinking about it, then clear it up, right? Initiating is so powerful. It doesn't matter who offended who. What matters is bringing it up. There is no scripture to support waiting on someone else to bring up the offense, if it should be them. But there is on relating to others, clearing things up when it needs to be cleared up. So those are some really powerful things, I think, to get started as soon as tonight, right? As you're starting to think about these, to pray, um, just to confess to God and to experience that forgiveness in your heart. And to initiate that with that person, whether it's sending a text or talking to someone and finding a time to have that conversation. And for the rest of the night, I just have a little section called Pro Tips that I'd love to uh, just share with you guys some things that have been helpful to me in my um, experience working on clearing up relationships. And so I left some space there for you guys to be able to write down anything that stands out if it does. And the first tip that I wanted to share with you guys is to apply this attitude to complicated situations, not just the easy ones, right? It's so important to apply clearing things up with complicated situations, with the relationships that are just overall messy. You know, I'll give an example to clarify. Um, I'm not gonna name any names, but both of these times I've uh, had to experience clearing this thing up or these things up with uh, a roommate that I've had in the past year that I may or may not be married to. Um, but the first one, so this one's actually a specific example. It happened like this weekend. Uh, I had some stuff uh, maybe laying on the floor, crazy. And then I said, like, I'm going to put it away in the next few minutes. Wow. Great husband. Wow. Incredible. And then all of a sudden, like a day went by <laughs> and it was still there. So uh, she brought it up to me and she said, hey, I know you mentioned this. And I was just like, well, that's true. And I, so I was able to, it was very easy. I was like, yep, this is my wrong. I can apologize, ask for forgiveness, go do it. And it was smooth. Probably the whole conversation took about 10 seconds. We probably like high-fived after, it was great. <laughs> the second scenario, uh, this isn't like a specific example, but what can tend to happen, especially with closer relationships, is it's a little bit more than just one little mess up and then you go clear it up. Sometimes it involves, especially communication, miscommunications. Maybe someone does something that's not, uh, like one of us would do something that's maybe a little inconsiderate to the other person, and then the other person would uh, let that person know and goes back and forth and you get maybe frustrated. And, and then afterwards you think, wow, like I definitely like overreacted, but you know, she did the thing, so I, I better wait for her to, you know, I, I overreacted, but that was like second in line, so I gotta, you know, wait till that. Like, honestly, I think this might, this scenario is probably what most of you might be thinking about or the relationship conflicts that you guys have, whether it's with roommates or friends or dating, whatever it might be. They're a lot more messy than just a simple, I'll do this in two seconds and then you don't do it. And so that's why this tip is to apply this, everything that 
um, I mentioned earlier to those situations. Uh, it can be tempting to think, no, mine is different or it's too complicated. Um, but regardless of the situation, God has called you to clear that up. Second is to have this one. Oh, man, it's so good. This is probably the thing that's helped me the most in the past year. But the second tip is to have a thick skin and a soft heart. Thick skin and soft heart. That's probably a quote by David Clark. I don't know. Maybe he got it from somewhere else. But that was just so helpful when I learned about that. Uh, it's kind of a sucker punch. Like, it gets you on, like, both sides, you know. Like, on one hand, when maybe, especially for me, like, with, uh, like, rude comments or something like that, I can tend to just classify myself as sensitive, which um, ultimately means that I just get offended really easily. And so the idea of having a thick skin is that you're able to kind of let things roll off you rather than, because it can be tempted, tempting, especially after knowing these things of wanting to clear things up, that as soon as someone makes a little comment, it's, oh, I got to clear that up. I need to make sure that they don't do that again, you know, especially towards me. Like, that's kind of the leading reason why. And it's not so much out of a love for them, and I want them to, you know, grow in their walk with God, and I see the sin in their life, I want to help them with it. It's, no, they messed with me. I need to make sure that they know that I was hurt by it. And so the idea of a thick skin is that you might just be able to let it roll off you, just forgive and move on without having to let everything affect you. And the soft heart part of that is being just quick to forgive, um, being like having those realizations of those verses from before, like having those are great to remember, to memorize, and to know that um, Jesus came first, that he forgave us and all of those different reasons why we shouldn't have a hardened heart towards others. And in a similar vein to that, to having a thick skin and a soft heart, is another tip, which is to know when to overlook and when to address an offense. When to overlook and when to address an offense. This is really helpful as well. I think that can be a hard thing to know because we want to clear things up, but if you cleared up everything with every person that you interacted with that you saw wasn't right, you'd be having a lot of clearing up conversations. And so it is really helpful to know when to just overlook things, when to forgive. Proverbs 19.11 actually says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Like that's powerful. Proverbs states that it's to our glory to overlook an offense. There may be times when we need to address it and bring up that clearing up conversation. Um, if you're experiencing, especially if you're experiencing bitterness towards someone, then that might be something that you actually need to take the first step to initiate and to apologize to them for harboring that bitterness towards people. Um, but if it's just a single comment or it's not a pattern or whatever it might be, it might be God calling you to really grow and just love for others and grow and just forgiving others. Another tip is knowing when to clear things up. Um, sometimes it's not appropriate to, as soon as something happens, you know, if you're in a group 30 minutes from now outside and someone makes a little comment directed at you, to say, hey, everyone stop talking. I got to, you, Joe, yeah, you said that thing. I just want to clear it up. Like, that might not be the best with, like, four of the people watching. That doesn't need to happen. And so knowing when and how to approach them and ask um, to talk in a more private setting. Um, also, just time of day. Nighttime tends to not be the best if you tend to get tired at night. Like, there's that saying of... Uh, what is it, like never go to bed angry type of thing? Like that's good, like you should never go to bed angry. But if you're hurt, then you can pray and work on that and give that to God and talk to your roommate in the morning, you know, because if you're exhausted and you just had a long day and it's midnight and someone hurt you, there's a chance that you're not gonna be able to 
like have that conversation in a truly loving way and honoring to them and really wanting to seek their best interest. And so that's something that I've just found helpful. Um, the last pro tip of the night that I wanted to share with you guys is that you need to seek forgiveness not to be understood. Seek forgiveness not to be understood. You don't always need to explain why you acted the way you did or said what you said. It might sound extremely valid and uh, really important and understandable according to how the world looks at things and your circumstance. If you could just tell them how hard your day was, they would totally understand why you got frustrated with them. But that's not the way God looks at it. If you mess up, you need to clean up. You could be having the hardest day of the year, but God does not say it's okay to speak harshly to other people or anything like that. Uh, rather than speak kindly. And in addition to this one, like ask forgiveness. This may be an obvious one to most of you guys, but it wasn't for me um, growing up. I just, like my five letters, sorry, like that was my complete clearing up conversation. Like if I could like muster the strength to say sorry, like that was everything. In my mind that was, hey, I'm sorry I acted this way. Please forgive me. I'm really going to take steps to grow. But out of my mouth would just be that one word. And so that was like not the most helpful thing, especially as we're wanting to um, grow in our love for others and help encourage others along. Getting to have a clearing up conversation, getting to make sure that you and the other person are on the same page is a really um, honoring thing to do to ask for forgiveness to another person and not just say sorry and call it good because that can mean a whole host of different things. And so being as clear as possible with what your offense might have been and asking for forgiveness and talking about wanting to grow in the area, it's just so valuable. So th those are some of my pro tips for tonight. Um, I hope those were helpful for you guys. They've been just so helpful for me. And that's why I've been so excited to get to share with you guys this. Um, I just know that having clear relationships is just so valuable in life and for experiencing God's peace and peace, which is community and fellowship. It just had such a big impact in my life. And so I, I pray that it will for you guys as well. Um, I've been practicing these things for years now, and I still need to remind myself of some of these basic truths. And so I want to encourage you guys to really um, just look at those verses to understand those and remind yourselves of them as well. This is going to be relevant to you guys tonight as you're thinking about it. Um, next week, when you inevitably spend time with people and have to clear up relationships, and then the week after that, and 10 years from now, right? This is going to be something that we can start working on tonight, which is awesome. Pray with me. God, we thank you for um, just giving us the opportunity to practice loving others and that we have the example of Jesus to, to go off of God. We're, we're so grateful and we, I just pray right now that you would help us um, to discern, um, God, whatever you put on our hearts tonight. Um, if there's any conversation or relationship that we need to clear up, God, I pray that you would give us wisdom in that. You would give us boldness to make it happen. And God, you would really help us to be focused on you, regardless of um, the offense, the sin, God, whatever it might be, that we would choose to forgive. We would choose to look to you. And God, we just thank you. And so I just pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.